Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G., and I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, April 7, 2020, and today we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 101 on the fourth paragraph, starting, you will note that we made an important qualification. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Allison L., Vinnie T., Lisa B., Alice G., Joanne L., and our wonderful newcomer greeter, Elizabeth D., and host, Melissa C., for the second hour. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, April 6th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 14,381. That's 14381. And for yesterday's 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, 14,382, that's 14382. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Alice G. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Alice. Good morning, everyone. This is Alice G., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Wisconsin. The 12 steps. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to serve. Thank you, Alice G. I will now ask for Joanne L. to read the 12 Traditions. Go ahead, Joanne. Good morning, everyone. This is Joanne L. from Rhode Island, the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lease problems of money, property, and prestige, divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeat is Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. In 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks a million, and I pass. Thank you, Joanne. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted and please try to avoid speaking on a speakerphone. Today, we resume our study in the big book. We're in the chapter Working with Others on page 101, and we're on the fourth paragraph, and I'm going to ask Allison L. to get us started. Go ahead, Allison. 
Thank you for your service. I will. You will note that we made an important qualification. Therefore, ask yourself on each occasion, have I any good social, business, or personal reason for going to this place? Or am I expecting to steal a little vicarious pleasure from the atmosphere of such places? If you answer these, these questions satisfactorily, you need have no apprehension. Go or stay away, whichever seems best. But be sure you are on solid spiritual ground before you start and that your motive in going is thoroughly good. Do not think of what you will get out of the occasion. Think of what you can bring to it. But if you're shaky, you had better work with another alcoholic instead. All right, I'm Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Um, and so when I'm working with someone, this paragraph is um, reminding me what I share with them from my experience about going to places and some guidance um, on, you know, when we should or shouldn't go to places. And, you know, depending on where the, the person I'm talking to is, if they, they're brand new, obviously it's a little different than if they're on step 12 themselves. Um, but it reminds me of, of the directions we have in steps 10 and 11. Um, in both of those, I'm asking myself these questions. Am I, you know, how am I spiritually? Am I resentful, selfish, dishonest, fearful? Um, am I able to understand and um, understand others or am I too focused on my own self um, no matter where I am um, in my step work? If I'm unable to focus on other people, then perhaps I, I should not go. And that's the guidance I would, um, you know, share with someone. And step 11 um, is helpful here too. I'm supposed to be asking God to direct my thinking and that it's divorced from self-pity, dishonest, self-seeking motives. I, before I go anywhere, even, you know, before I walk into my own home, these are the instructions that I'm given each day. So it doesn't matter um, whether I'm in my own home or on a phone call or a Zoom call or going, you know, to a meeting, a convention, weddings, birthdays, doesn't really matter. It's the same instructions um, everywhere. I'm questioning what are my motives in going? Am I able to show up and be present for other people? Um, and that looks like for me, can I look people in the eyes and, and focus on what they're saying to me, um, what they're showing me of themselves? without thinking of um, my own self, my life, what I'm going to share, how I should respond to them. Can I just be with another person? Um, for me, that's what spiritual fitness um, looks like and feels like. Um, and so if, if I'm not feeling in that place, and I would share with my whoever I'm talking to, if you're not feeling like you're in that place, um, then then work with another fellow instead. That's the instructions, whether that be I call and talk to someone who can read the big book with me, guide me in my step work. Um, I can call a sponsor. I can work with a sponsee, just another person um, on my spiritual fitness rather than showing up somewhere if I can't um, be there with God's will in mind to be of service to, to God and those around me. Then, then I probably should not go. I don't always get this right um, or do it well, um, but it's what I'm working towards. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Allison. Okay, just a quick note before I take down names. Um, we value everyone's experience, but we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. 
So who would like to share on what was read? I need your first your first name and the first Tina name S. of your last name. Jen A. Jen A. Rachel K. Rachel K. Erica B. Erica B. Barbara P. Barbara P. All right, we'll Jennifer go with that. W. Uh, Jennifer, okay, we'll just put you down there. Jennifer W. Okay, so I have Tina S., Mara Z., Jen A., Rachel K., Erica B., Barbara P., and Jennifer W. Go ahead, Tina. Thanks so much, Jamie. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. And this is a great paragraph, and I love that it's talked about that these are instructions on what I do, what I bring to the table. And the first thing it tells me is that we, 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 we're making important qualifications here. So my, I ask myself some questions, you know, and then I answer them to the best of my ability and being truthful. You know, do I have any business going anywhere? You know, do I have social business or business or personal reasons? And, you know, what is my motiv- motivation for going? You know, because I know early on it was to be around this stuff thinking that, you know, I've got some kind of control now. You know, I can go wherever they're going and and not eat it and be better than them or whatever I thought. You know, and that's not where I come from today. You know, I'm going to be of service because that is my uh, purpose today, to be of maximum service to God and those about me. And how does that come about? And it's by inventorying myself. You know, am I a fit spiritual condition? You know, number one, if I'm not, then I need not go because I can only bring more harm to not only myself probably, but to others too. And, you know, and I go anywhere. You know, I go anywhere to be of service. You know, and, and after I make these, after I answer these questions, it says whatever seems best, go or stay away, you know. And then if I'm not on spiritual ground, you know, I turn my thoughts to helping others. That is always the, the solution, turning my thoughts to helping others, no matter what I'm doing. After I inventory my own self, you know, the, the saving grace is turning my thoughts to helping others. If I get out of myself, you know, and be of service to someone else, then, you know, God takes care of all the other stuff. But I love that it talks about and gives me specific instruction. And, and I ask myself these questions before I go, you know, and then go or stay. And, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. Okay, Mara Z, it's your turn. Press star one to unmute. Did I get a wrong name? Thought it was Mara Z. Somebody Z. Press star one to unmute. Lauren A, maybe? I thought it was Mara Z, but. Okay, well, we'll come back to you. Rachel K, you're up. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Lauren A. I did say my name. Could it have possibly been me that you heard? Uh, you know what? We're going to go with that. Yes. Lauren, please go ahead. Okay, thank you. I'm, I'm walking upstairs to get to my book. Um, I've, I, I quote this um, passage to people sometimes because I like the go or stay away. Um, it, it doesn't... It, there's not some specific rule for all times, and and being in fit spiritual condition is uh, is the criteria for for going. And you know, there's certain places that I probably will never go to. Like if somebody says, "Do you want to come to a cookie exchange?" No, I really don't. Thank you. 
But something that might include food that I don't usually eat, among other things, that's fine for me, uh, usually. But there are days when, when it's not. And then, you know, the advice to work, uh, work with another alcoholic or compulsive overeater pr- fits in a lot of, uh, a lot of situations. You know, if you're having, if you're having a struggle, call somebody up and see what they need or see, see what you can help, help them with. Um, so that's, that's what I have. Thanks a lot. Appreciate everyone's service today. I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren. Much appreciated. Okay, so we have Rachel Kay. Rachel? Hi, this is Rachel. I'm Rachel Kay. I'm a compulsive overeater. And, um, I, you know, everybody has pretty much said what I was going to share, so I'll try to keep my share uh, short. What I'm, that I love the part about not what can I get from uh, a situation, but what I can put into it. And, yeah, it applies not just to social occasions. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm not going to a whole bunch of whoopee parties lately. Um, but, you know, just going to work today, I'm a healthcare provider. And quite honestly, I, I wish I could put on the, the front of I am this brave, you know, soldier going in, you know, putting on my mask and putting myself at risk. No, quite honestly, uh, I would rather stay at home and, um, you know, be on Zoom meetings and, uh, you know, clean out my junk drawer. And I'm envious of those people who get to stay home. But this is my job. And so... I have to look at, okay, how can I be of service, not what can I get? And yesterday I was kind of getting those, uh, I was getting down and, uh, you know, that it was like, okay, what does the big book tell me? It tells me to work with somebody else. So I made a couple of phone calls to see how other people were doing. Uh, And it works. And I do that not because I want to be Mother Teresa or I'm running for Pope, but I, it, because that's what I need um, to recover, to keep me out of the food, because more than anything else, I do not want to be back where I was uh, almost 20 years ago. Um, so anyway, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for those doing service on this meeting, and I'll pass. Thank you, Rachel K. Erica B. Erica? I must not be good hearing names today. thought it was Erica B. All right, let's go ahead with... Positive Mar- leader from Detroit, Michigan. Oh, there we are. Go okay. ahead. Okay. So the optimal point to this is your motives. Um, I think that um, even though I have um, only been with OA for a few months, I see the importance of um, uh, checking what's really in my heart. Honesty is the first principle of OA, and we have to be honest with ourselves. Can we um, honestly say we're going to um, going to just be of service or to help someone else or just to be there for someone? Um, not to, as it says, or am I expecting to steal a little vicarious pleasure from the atmosphere, but we must go with a clear conscience, with a heart and a love for other people. Um, and, and then we won't be tempting the providence. And so with that, I pass. Thank you, Erica. 
Barbara P., you're up. Good morning. This is Barbara P. in Atlanta, recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, this brought me back to thinking about a boss, This particularly have I any good social business or personal reason for going. I was really young in my career, and I was really socially awkward, and I didn't want anybody to know. But I, I remember asking him, like, what do you think is a good way to introduce myself to people? And, you know, he said, fun one is, he said, go with a goal. Because I told him I was really having a hard time. He said, go with the goal. Go with the goal of getting three business cards. So it was actually really wise advice because I wasn't going trying to sound like the smartest person in the room or anything like that. I was going to look for cards. When I got into program, I had the same kind of things. I had to make decisions, and I had to be first really honest. I love what the last speaker said because it requires real honesty. Do I have any real business for being here? And a lot of times I've gone to events and pointed sponsees to this particular paragraph, go with a goal. So go with the goal of helping helping the um, hostess or playing with the kids or whatever the thing is that can, if you're early in sobriety, be the distraction. But my sponsor, this time around, gave me such good wisdom too, and I'll share what she shared. She said, really think about what you can bring to it she goes, because I've said talked about being socially awkward and still kind of self-conscious, and she said, she goes and looks for someone who looks really uncomfortable. Go up to them. You know, you don't have to be the sparkling conversationist and go into the middle of the biggest group. Go to someone who looks as awkward, if not more, than you. And strike up a conversation as best you can. It has been amazing. When I go with the right motives, And if I'm really honest, I do remember the first holiday, I really knew I could not go. Someone teased me and said, you know, going back to the scene of the crime was like going back to my family. I love them today. But, you know, there were a lot of triggers at that time. And I really couldn't go, and it was fine. It was a good decision not to go. So anyway, it's a great paragraph in making those decisions. And the first requirement is honesty. Do I have any business? Am I in the right place? And can I bring any good here? If I'm going, what, what's going to be my purpose? What can I bring? So love the paragraph. Thanks for letting me share this morning. I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Jennifer W. Your turn. Hi there. This is Jennifer W. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I'm a compulsive overeater and undereater in recovery, and I'm calling in from Sweden, and it's so grateful that we have the technology that you can actually be isolated but still uh, connected. So I love that. And I I really, really like this part that the fact that what you can bring instead of just selfishly thinking of what you can get I always used to think about what am I getting and also like who am I talking to like certain people I would see as better and uh, other I would look down on and just the fact that everyone is equal um, and uh, what can you bring it's such an important sentence and uh, there's so many times when I have not went to occasions um, because I felt fat and because I felt that I um, 
wasn't like in a in a in a facade that would be okay so i would cancel rather isolate and call in sick and that's really sad actually i'm so grateful that i am more and more today actually able to be of service and then also to show up dress up and show up i love that sentence just dress up show up and just see what you can bring to the to the place where you're going to is such a great way to change your perspective on how you sort of think because if you think about what you're going to get you're always going to get disappointed and i'd rather be grateful so really great to be on this meeting and thanks a lot for all the shares bye thank you so much jennifer w jen a you're up good morning amy thank you so much for your service this is jen a recovered in colorado um in this paragraph um in working with others <laughs> it, it packs a lot in there um, but the first thing it reminds me is that I need to be on solid spiritual ground before I start to do it. And um, I love how we're talking about the motives, right? Um, what is the cause? What's the reason? What's the driving force that I need, that I desire, that's wanting me to do something, right? What's the action or decision that I'm choosing to make, right? Um, and I think, I, I think that's the biggest thing. And I love, um, and I'm reminded back on page 35 and more about alcoholism, that we have this man that we met. His name is Jim, right? And um, he, go, he goes in and orders a glass of milk, right? And I have to remember about Jim that on page 35 it says, he failed to enlarge his spiritual life, Right? Um, and so, and so, if I'm not enlarging, perfecting, and enlarging my spiritual life at this point in time, when I'm talking to the person I'm working with, I think that's the biggest driving force. Is I gotta get with God. I gotta get connected with God. Um, why? Because I don't know what I don't know. And you know, back on page 85, it also talks about the sixth sense, right? Like I now have a sixth sense that's come in, and that's the intuition from God. So if I truly sit and I truly listen and I ask God and I listen to God and I lean into God, then I'm going to know which direction to go. Should I stay or should I go? Ask God. And this paragraph makes it so clear. So thanks so much, Amy, and I'll pass. Thank you, Jen. Sorry, I had you out of order there. I apologize for that. Thank you so much. Okay, so we're going to take some more names. Uh, please remember that we ask you to share every third day in order that others may share their experience as well. So who would like to share on what we read? Take one of Melissa P. paragraphs. Joanna. Melissa P. Joanne L. Hold on, Joanne L. Russ M. All right, I've got Melissa C. Joanne L. Russ M. That's all I got. So please chime back in. Donna G. Donna G. Nancy L. Nancy L. Chrissy M. I think we're going to. Yeah, let's hold on that. So we've got Melissa C. Joanne L. Russ M. Donna G. Nancy L. Chrissy M. All right. Amy, Melissa it's P. not me. It's Melissa P. It's Melissa, Melissa P. Melissa P. 
Melissa P. Thank you, thank you. Go ahead, Melissa P. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. This is Melissa P. from Buffalo. Um, You know, I don't know. I have a lot of favorites in this book, but this is definitely one of them. Um, And I love where it says the legitimate reason. And I would have to take that one step further beyond me having to go to like, right, cookie exchanges or buffets or, you know, things like that. But also like checking my motives before I do other things. You know, I've done a lot of step work around my relationship with my mother, right? And if I'm looking to, you know, go somewhere and she needs to go somewhere with me, I have to check my motives. Am I, am I looking to pick an argument? Am I looking to put myself in a situation where I can prove myself right? You know, uh, you know, the person who mentioned that honesty, you know, yeah, it, it really is one of the first things that we need to look at. I mean, last night I posted something on social media about helping a local waitress pay her electric bill and had all these people that wanted to chip in and everybody was going to help. And then, you know, there's my ego. Melissa wants to come in and, and save the day. And I had to get really honest about my motive there. Was I looking to get a hit off of doing something and being a people pleaser and the hero? Do I have any real business being the one collecting the money and going to bring it to her so I can feel good about myself, right? Um, and I had, to, I had to check that. I had to get real quiet and I had to get real honest. And someone offered to bring the woman the money so we can all stay anonymous. And I said, okay. Right, because I don't need to go and go to things, whether they're um, you know enjoyable or not, and live vicariously in a bad way. Right, I get my sensation now from something bigger. You know, I have a bigger power that I'm tapped into, and I know that people are showing up as gods with skin. And if I'm looking for the opportunity to engage, whether it's at a barbecue or an act of charity, and I'm doing it for the wrong reasons, I'm, I'm sticking my toe in that pool of temptation, right? And so I have to be honest, and it has to be legitimate. And I have to say, is this how God would have me showing up right now? And if that answer is no, I need to check myself. So thank you so much for letting me share. I miss you guys. I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, I'm just going to run through the line again because I think I've got Joanne L., Russ M., Donna G., Nancy L., and Crystal P. Okay, Joanne, you're up. Please go ahead. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, everyone. This is Joanne from Rhode Island, recovered alcoholic and um, compulsive overeater. A lot of people have brought up this sentence on page 102, and I have to add to myself, do not think of what you will get out of the occasion. Think of what you can bring to it. And I love this because I live alone. I'm in the state of Rhode Island. My family is not in the state of Rhode Island. They're in Massachusetts. And so most of the parties I go to today are with my family. And um, when I get to see them, I am so excited to be with them. And you know what? They're not compulsive overeaters, and they're not alcoholics. They do eat. They do drink. They have a good time doing what they're doing. And you know something? What has gotten me through this paragraph? I always remember this. Bring what you can to the occasion. 
I love to bring joy to people. I really, truly do. I was a tour guide in my past, um, my past experience, my past life. I was a tour guide and used to travel the world. And, um, you know, I, I just love just being a part of it. I don't have to eat and I don't have to drink. And that is such a gift from God. And I remember once somebody said to me, Joanne, are you eating to live or are you living to eat? And boy, every time I think about that line, I just want to eat to live. I don't want to live to eat. And so I'm just so grateful, you know, for this um, this book. I can never be on the line. I listen every morning at 4.30 when I am working because I have to be to work at 7 o'clock in the morning. And so I never get to speak. So now I can speak while we're out of work and I'm working from home. So I'm very, very grateful about this sentence and this paragraph. So I'm, I'm just grateful. I'm, I just want to bring joy to as many people as I can. Thank you very much. I pass. Thank you, Joanne. Russ Adams, you're up. Good morning, gang. Good morning, family. Russ Adams, cover compulsive overeater. Um, uh, so, yeah, you know, after 40 years of uh, running for the border with Ronald, the Colonel, and the King, I can never be trusted. Can never be trusted. So coming in, you know, my handsome, great, good-looking single sponsor said, you need to shut it down. You need, don't go out if you don't have to. You need to get this spiritual awakening. You need to work these steps. You need to do this work. You need to break through this obsession and get closer to God. So there was a time I had to shut it down. You know, Sicilians, somebody passed the gas. They have a party. There's a party all the time. There's food all over the place. I couldn't go. Most of the time, that was like a crack house to me. I never thought of my in-laws. I never thought of my kids. I never thought of anybody except, not even myself. I just wanted to know what they had so I could get that hit. Now, working through this, you know, hey, you work through the steps, you're going you're gonna to have a, an awakening. I don't care. You know, you're doing it honestly. And now I can look at my motives. That's predicated I stay in this. And I develop, maintain, advance, and refine my spiritual way of life. Because even now, I can sponsor 72 people. If I ain't developing my way, my spiritual way of life, I'll be trying to get that crack hit again. And, uh, you know, for the newcomer, buckle up. And do the work, and you can get free. And then you could go to things and recoil, like for, like from a hot flame, and have, you know, that uh, neutrality against these these things that killed us. So, love you. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, Russ. Donna G, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Donna G um, in Pennsylvania. Uh, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I haven't shared in a long time, it feels like, but um, I was so led to share this morning because um, when I first got into program, I have um, I have a very, very big family. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's big, <laughs> and lots of nieces and nephews, um, six, fifteen, sixteen of them. <laughs> 
and um, uh, lots of them have children and uh, seven siblings and just this big, big family. And um, family functions were the uh, epicenter for my craziness in life and um, my disease. And um, so I remember early on asking my sponsor, or it may not even been a sponsor, my sponsor, it might have been someone else, a fellow, you know, about what I should do. Um, there was a family function and to not go because there had been um, uh, pretty recently a very big heated issue to not go in my opinion was just not an option because then I'm sending a message and you know I was just I was just in this quandary what do I do what should I go should I not go and um and not should I not go what should I do when I get there that was the thing what should I do and I'm gonna oh this is gonna be so hard and you know how am I gonna avoid this person and not eating and oh it was just a whirlwind and she said uh this this I could still remember she said well you know and, and I didn't know it was big book she said well you know maybe just going and finding someone who needs you um finding someone there you know how can you be of service um, how, you know, is there somebody there who um, you can talk to on a common ground about something that you have in common and help them somehow? And I'm like, what? What is she talking about? Honestly, it was like, it was like, is she crazy? Is she nuts? I, I'm not going to go there and, and look for somebody, you know. I, I just, I had to laugh this morning because, you know, I didn't realize, first of all, it was from the big book, um, but secondly, I didn't, it, it was for, so foreign to me, you know, to be in your 50s and that concept to be foreign to you is, is just funny to me. Like to go to a party and not be looking for what I can get out of it was foreign to me. The other reason I wanted to share is I have a sister in recovery and I've been on the receiving end as I've seen her um, do this and, you know, uh, work the program and do this. Um, and I never knew it was happening. So I'm just smiling from ear to ear because um, I also watched her do it with other people, uh, somebody at a family function who I would say is kind of not somebody who people gravitate to. to uh, this person tends to um, be lonely and, and kind of whiny sometimes. And I remember seeing the compassion and the kindness my sister showed to this person. And um, she was my Ebby. That, 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 watching that made me want recovery. Watching my sister give that to this person made me want recovery. And um, it, 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 it truly, I always say she'll always be my Ebby because I looked at her and I said, oh, my goodness, that is genuine. I know genuine when I see it, and I want that. I want, I want kindness and compassion in my heart and my soul. And, okay. um, yeah, I saw that coming from her. So... For the newcomers, just um, just hang in there. You know, it, it transforms us. Recovery will transform you. Um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Donna. Okay, so Nancy L., you're up. <clears throat> Good morning. I want to thank you first for your service. This paragraph has has meant so much to me this morning, and everything that everyone has said. Um, I don't think I told. I am. I'm in Georgia. I'm Nancy L. Recovering um, overeater in Georgia. Um, 
I have had so much turmoil at something that I didn't think um, should cause me turmoil, and that was going to church, going to church, and then after worship, everybody wants to meet and eat, and that has caused me so much turmoil in my head. What do I do? Because I can't go to those places. I can't go to that place because I never overeat out in public. But my disease, I eat sensibly as long as I'm I was sitting in I'm sitting in front of someone. But then I go home and that starts my binge eating. My binge eating just follows it. So I've I just thought, what do I do? I, I don't know I want to fellowship with my with my fellows uh at church, but I don't want to start my disease all over again every time we have a fellowship meal. So I, I came to the real, realization that I had a right. It's not that I'm turning against God or my turning against my worship, but I had a right to make a decision whether I want to go down into that fellowship hall or I want to stay away. And I love this. It says, I can go or I can stay. So some days I'm okay to go. And and some days I think, no, I'm not spiritually strong enough today. I think I'll stay away and I think I will go and eat what I had on my food my food plan today. And this has given me so much peace in my mind. It's replaced the fear because I would go to these fellowship meetings fearful of what was going to happen to me after I left. But now the turmoil has settled, and in this paragraph and everything everyone said this morning just reaffirms that I'm okay with my recovery. I can make a decision to go to the fellowship and that are not to go. And and I'm staying abstinence. Right now I'm I've I've got about a year and a half abstinent and maintaining a twenty five pound weight loss. Nice. So the fear is gone and and truly the promises of the AA have the turmoil is out of my head and out of my heart mainly. So I thank everyone this morning for sharing, and thank you for being online this morning at 7 a.m. to hold this meeting, and I will pass. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, Crystal P., you're up. Hi, good morning. This is Crystal P. from uh, Toronto, Canada, a compulsive overeater. Um, What I really liked about this paragraph is it really reminded me that um, when I'm doing things for the right reasons, which means I'm connected to God and thinking about how I can uh, be of service, um, I also tend to do things in the right way. So whether I go or I don't go, I've also learned how I do it is important. I remember when I was early in program and I just stopped eating desserts, I knew I couldn't go to a cousin's birthday party, but I didn't, normally I would just not show up or I would be rude or 
you know, um, instead I actually called, I was able to call her and God gave me the right words to say, you know, I so want to be there. I'm so happy for you. I hope you have a wonderful time. Uh, but I just, she knew I was eating differently and to just say, you know, I'm so sorry. Today's just been a day when I've been craving, you know, this food. And I know if I come, it'll be very hard for me. And she, uh, and she was so kind to understand. Uh, but there are other times where I have shown up and I've done it the wrong way because I've done it, you know, with my own motives. So I've been a martyr. I've been grumpy. I've, you know, looked down my nose at people and really you're eating that. And, you know, um, or I've, I've hidden out in the basement while my family, um, you know, is upstairs eating just to make sure everybody knows, you know, I'm different and I'm, you know, I'm special and look at me, see me um, have sympathy on me, you know. Um, but today when I show up, when I show up because God wants me to be there for the right motives, I show up differently. I'm happy, I'm funny, I'm present. I bring all of my what I like to call like my crystalness, you know, whatever God's given me to bring to the situation. I, if I'm talking to someone, I pour out all my attention on them. I really listen to them. I serve, I help to serve the food. I refill the dishes. Um, I do whatever I can and I'm present. I don't hide out in the basement. I sit with them even though I'm not eating what they're eating. And I can just see the difference. Like my family is so happy to have me around they're so happy to see that I'm happy. They don't care what I eat and don't eat. They just want me to be happy and be around them. Um, and because I'm doing it with the right motives, I get to show up in the right way. Um, so I'm really grateful to have recovery and to be able to trust that this is not me doing this anyways. This is all the miracle I'm receiving from God. This is not about control or trying to be something I'm not. This is about going there knowing that God has given me a miracle and that God will carry me through everything if I if I turn to him and I ask for the next right thing at all times. Um, so I'm really grateful for that, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Crystal. Okay, so we have time for a couple more shares here. So who would like to share on what was read? If you haven't shared in the last three days, please chime in. Deborah M. M. F. Kelly G. Deborah M. Kelly Mary Beth. G. Mary Beth. Mary Beth, first initial, last name. Mary Beth. Mary Beth S. Is in Sam. Okay. Sam S. There's a guy in there. I I keep missing you. I apologize. Who is that? Ned S. Ned S. Okay. I think that's all we got. so Deborah M, hopefully we can fit you in there, Ned. All right, Deborah M, please go ahead. Deborah Kelly C, Mary Beth S, and Ned S. Deborah, please uh, go ahead. Hi, good morning. I'm Deborah from Western New York, recovered overeater. And the words uh, vicarious thrill for a compulsive overeater, I have to look practically at what that means. So that means if I go to a banquet, uh, parties things that my family want me to be there and I want to be there presently, I have to really kind of go with the plan. The vicarious thrill could be, you know, am I not going to go with a plan of eating um, and go and see what they happen to have there and wing it? That's not going to be good. I have to, and I know I'm going out for the evening or going to a special event. I need to know what I'm going to have that day. I have to prepare the times of my meals, when my snack is going to be that day. So I have to practically look at um, 
what does it mean to go there in fit spiritual condition? And that is my relationship with God, but it's also my relationship with food to make sure it's neutral. So I just want to say, you know, we talk a lot about the alcohol, but it's it's food, and there's a lot of food there. And, like, every day I plan out my food of what I'm going to eat, basically what times I'm going to eat. And that does not change on a day that I have to go to a special gathering where there's going to be a lot of food. So I think I just want to put that practical piece into all of these wonderful shares. And that's it, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. Okay, Kelly C., you're up. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Awesome. Hi, Kelly G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, so much comes up for me. You know, when I was in disease, I remember going to all these places and not eating. You know, I was one of those bigger girls who then didn't eat when it was time to eat in those social gatherings. And then I would go home or on my way home, stop and get everything I could imagine wanting to eat during that entire time. Then when it came to being in recovery and having a food plan and weighing and measuring my food, because that's what I did, um, I didn't want to be held back from, from doing things, right? Because I told myself that recovery gives me a life. So why wouldn't I go to this event? Why wouldn't I go to this wedding? Why wouldn't I go to this, this social gathering with people that I so badly crave to connect with? So I would go. And um, I would either bring my food scale or have some sort of plan, game plan, food-wise, look up the menu, be prepared. Um, and, and that worked for me. The problem is, and this is what this program kind of dissects for me, is that I'm uncomfortable with me. I'm not okay with me. It doesn't matter what food they have. It doesn't matter what food I'm eating. No one really cares, but I care, and I'm uncomfortable. And that's where the real work lies. Um, the other thing is, to keep it real, is I also get a high looking at food and other people eating food. Even when I'm home and I'm cooking for my boyfriend or really anybody, it's like I want them to eat more, eat more, eat more. It's almost like watching other people eat satisfies for me what I wish I could eat. It's like I can't taste this, but you taste this. Tell me how it tastes. And it's weird. It's like this high. It's like this romance. Um but I'm aware of it, and I hope I'm not alone in that situation. I hope people are nodding as they hear what I'm saying because it's kind of embarrassing. Like, I get a high from that, but I do. It's like I want to watch what people eat. And um, anyway, today, depending on my spiritual fitness, um, I'm present or I'm not present in certain gatherings. But today I don't miss out on anything due to the food. I feel confident enough that I have a strong recovery, a strong team, that I can handle any situation that I'm in. Um, it's just a matter of if I enjoy it or not. And that's really how present I am. Um, and that varies. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Kelly G. All right, Mary Beth S., please go ahead. Hey, good morning, everybody. My name is Mary Beth S., and I'm a recovering compulsive eater anorexic in South Bend, Indiana. Well, thank you, Team Tuesday. I really appreciate what has been shared so far. Man. Um, yeah, you know, I am such a black and white thinker, you know, um, and I have used, you know, the term spiritual fitness as a sledgehammer, like it's a one and done. 
you know, like, and what I'm hearing this morning is, is gentleness and kindliness toward ourselves. Um, while being honest and, and um, learning how to surrender to my higher power, which is way, I'm, I just, you know, making my higher power so small is never going to get me to the place that she has made me to be. So I guess what I'm learning so much this morning is that I can choose with her guidance whether or not to go or to be a part of a, a family event or whatever, that I'm not bad or less than if I if I find that honestly it's not going to be a good idea for me to go and choosing not to go is not bad it's it doesn't make me like this like horribly spiritually flabby <laughs> you know that this is a lifetime one day at a time living breathing design for living and i heard once somebody say you know the moon is never full all the time nature goes through you know ebbs and flows and and so does this recovering woman and i um i love you all wherever you are and um thank you so much for being on this broad highway with me and for that i pass Thank you so much, Mary Beth. Ned, got a little under three minutes here. If you can go ahead. Thank you. I won't need the three minutes. The key for me is the second sentence. Why am I going? Or why am I there? And that's what saved me. It falls into two categories. It's either business or it's uh, family. At my age and family, unfortunately, we tend more than our share of funerals. And in most uh, cases, it's customary to meet uh, for a meal. I prepare for that, but I remember why, why I'm there. I'm not there to eat. I'm there to console. I'm there to share experiences. Um, The other part, business one, yes, there is a long line of food before we get to the uh, meeting area, and it's catered by uh, an irresistible uh, source for me. But thankfully, the coffee and the water is on the other side of the room. And nobody cares what you've eaten or not eaten. And But remembering why I'm there in the business area, it's talking. It's meeting people. It's talking. What can I do for them? So focusing on why I'm at these occasions has saved me a lot of agony. Many times I'll have to eat, plan my day that I eat in advance uh, before I go. It makes it easier. And that's all I have to contribute. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ned. Perfect timing. Thank you, everyone who shared. Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today's 
meeting, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday, April 7th, 2020, is 14,388. That's 14388. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Vinny T. please take us out? Uh, this is Vinny T. Can I be heard? Yes, please go ahead. Oh, thank you. Vinny T. recovered in North Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We, o- we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.